1: Got a great show for you this morning. Luke Johnson joining me in about 15 minutes on the beat covering the Saints for the Tom Picayune. Coach Gary Broadhead, you are Women's Hoops coach at 745. Chris Connor. Writer, analyst, budding comedian, huge New Orleans sports fan, Saints and Pels currently a Chicago resident, but uh, he will be joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about, you know, some Cajuns, some Saints, LSU as a new D coordinator. We're going to also talk a lot about the legend, John Madden. The definition of legend is... You go to Webster's Dictionary, the first two that come up is a traditional story, sometimes popularly regarded as historical but unauthenticated. And another one is an extremely famous or notorious person, especially in a particular field. Now, John Madden was extremely famous in football, on the field, off the field, all over. And yes, he might have told some legendary stories that weren't always authenticated about when he played or rather when he coached. The word legend gets tossed around too much, in my opinion, about someone's status. In the case of John Madden, that is absolutely not the case. He was a living legend, and now he has passed away, and he will always be a legend. He Legend doesn't even do justice to the great John Madden. In the sport of football, you could be eight years old. You could be going on 100. And if you hear my voice right now, you know who John Madden is. Now, you might know him for different reasons. The younger generation, my nephews, they know John Madden from the Madden video game. If you're around my age, whether you're in your, you know, 30s or 40s, you know Madden from the video game, and more than that, you know him from the broadcast booth. Years with Pat Summerall, NFL on CBS, NFL on Fox, ABC without Michaels, NBC without Michaels. The great John Madden. And if you're older than that, if you're in your 50s and 60s, man, you know him because, you know, your kids, your grandkids played the video game. You watched him in the booth forever and you knew him from his days coaching. An incredible coach. Best winning percentage by head coach whenever he retired. A Super Bowl champion. A coach of the year. The guy was 132-7 and seven as a coach. He had a, his winning percentage was 76.3. He had a winning record in the playoffs. He played one season of football at the College of San Mateo and then was given a scholarship to Oregon where he studied pre-law and played football with John Robinson. He transferred a bunch of times. He kept playing football in the 50s. Got a master's in education. Got drafted by the Eagles in 58. Hurt his knee in training camp. Never played in the pros but began coaching and became a legend. You could be aged 8 or 100, and you know who John Madden is in the sport of football. You talk about synonymous people in their field. There is no one more synonymous with football than John Madden in in terms of the generations and the ages that he spans. You go ask an 8-year-old, hey, tell me about... Ricky Jackson, hey, tell me about Lawrence Taylor. Tell me about Reggie White. Tell me about Bart Starr. Tell me about Kenny Stabler. Shoot. Hell, tell me about Sean Alexander. It wasn't that long ago. The guy won NFL MVP 16 years ago. I don't know. Tell me about John Madden. Oh, man, yeah, the video game, yeah. Maybe they don't fully appreciate everything he's done, but they know who he is. The man worked as color analyst for CBS, Fox, ABC, and NBC from 79 to 08. And I, if there, I mean, in terms of like most famous color analyst in sports. There might be some. I mean, I know I know Howard Cassell is up there, obviously. But guys that just, when I was growing up, that when you watched, it felt like a big game and it felt like they were having the time of their life. It was John Madden and it was Dickie V. And I admit that there were moments when I was younger, I'm like, man, Madden, all he's doing is just saying zingers and then just kind of stating the obvious. Well, if, you know, if he goes offside here, you know, he's crossed the line and that's offside. And then I realized at some point, I'm like, wait. It's almost what every color analyst does. He just does it with more zeal, more fun. He was self-deprecating. I mean, the dude made Thanksgiving feel like not just the day you eat turkey, but it was all football and turkey. Yeah, I know the NFL has had games on Thanksgiving for years, but seeing Madden there with the you know the turducken and and the turkey and the pumpkin pie and all the sides, and you're going to talk about it and break out the the digital art and start circling things. Boom, right here. Then you got the you got the stuff in here, and boom, and it was there was there was just nothing like it. There's no one like John Madden. Passed away yesterday at the age of 85. May he rest in peace. He was, is, and always will be a legend in every sense of the word. Here's John Madden on 2002, Monday Night Football, 19 years ago. Eagles are playing the Niners. Thanksgiving's coming up. They're coming out of a break. They're showing a facility with tons of turkeys gobbling around.
0: John, you're going to be home for Thanksgiving. I can't believe it. I know where I'm going to be on Thanksgiving. (laughs) I just wonder where those turkeys are going to be for Thanksgiving. I have a feeling. I know. Kevin Barlow. Well, John, for years at CBS and Fox, it became a tradition, the turkey leg and all of that. and, And you brought to... The the uh, knowledge of America, the turducken, and so our friends of the Four Seasons cooked you a turducken. There right. it is. <laughs> that is. I think it's a turducken. It is a turducken, but I got to show you how to. Whoop, whoop, I, I I can't say I
2: need fresh turducken. I'm going to have crazy turducken. But anyway, anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know you have to slice it down the middle. See, and then you slice it across this way, because what it is, it's a it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey, dressing,
0: duck, dressing, chicken. You know, one of the great things about your coming over here is I'm able to ask you all of these questions. Because for a lot of years, I thought a turducken was some sort of a, a foul crossbreed. But it's the, not. Well, it's just, I mean, it's three I mean, different it's, things. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, it, well, it's, it's really five different things. It's a, it's a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds
0: of dressings. And are you going to have one on, on your Thanksgiving table? Yeah, yeah. Is I'm going to
2: have one. I have to bring it though. But you know, you know, because it. Oh, here's a picture. Yeah. So here's a picture of one. Turd Picture. That's the,
0: here's That is what,
2: it. And you see, you cut it like right down here. <laughs> see, and then this is what it looks like inside. <laughs> See, so you got turkey and duck, and then dressing, and then chicken.
0: Oh. And then then you just have to do it that way, or now, if any of that makes sense. It, now, can I get some hoisin sauce with that? <laughs> That's unbelievable. You know, you know, the, the first time I ever had one of these, I, I I ate it with my fingers, and then I had to shake hands, and I didn't know whether. It... <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> Second and seven, that pass is in.
1: The great John Madden, just opening up a turducken with his hands, right there on Sunday Night Football, or Monday Night Football, rather, back in 02. The legend, Luke Johnson, joins me next. We'll get his thoughts on the passing of John Madden. We'll talk some Saints football as well. Luke Johnson, friend of the program, friend of mine, on the beat for the Times, speaking you and covering the New Orleans Saints. Don't go anywhere. This is The Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, and you're listening to ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Into the great Scott show. Trying to track down Luke. Uh, We'll get him on this segment at some point, hopefully. Trying to touch base with him. In the meantime, until we do, phone lines are open for you. 337-269-1077. 337-269-1077. Give me a buzz. You're getting me up on uh, social media. Our Twitter handle is at ESPN Lafayette. We asked this morning, what will you remember most about the legendary John Madden? Uh, our sibling station, 97.3 The Dog, tweets his inability to explain the concept of turduckins. Respectfully, I'm going to disagree with you guys because he explained it to Al Michaels pretty well. He, Al Michaels was like, I thought it was some kind of crossbreed. He's like, no, you know. <clears> There's <throat> a chicken and a turkey and a duck stuffed and he's got two dressings. Uh, at lt underscore Cajun says uh, the Bobby Cox of the NFL. Okay, I don't know that I agree with that, but to each their own. Maybe from a personality standpoint, a little bit. But Cox was never in a broadcast booth. Cox was a a coaching lifer and a Hall of Famer. It was great. They probably would have got along pretty well, but there was no one like Madden. No one goes from great coach to. Famous broadcaster to iconic name of a video game series that will still be around in 100 years. No one. Only only John Madden. And what's interesting is like, Matt. the reason Madden left coaching, I mean, he coached the Raiders. He joined as the linebackers coach in 67. And then two seasons later, he was the head coach. He coached for 10 seasons. And he was great. And they won a Super Bowl. And flying gave him so much anxiety. He wouldn't get on a plane. Or I say, well, by the time he left coaching, he wouldn't. He got so tight. I think his quote was, (coughs) I'm not afraid of flying. I just don't want to die. Or so. I mean, flying gave him too much anxiety. And coaching in the NFL, you have to fly. To and fro, when you're on the road, you got to go. He would never go to Hawaii, whether it be to coach a Pro Bowl or whether it be to broadcast whenever. He's like, I'm not flying over that water that long. And he decided he was going to get out of coaching. Couldn't fly anymore. Got into broadcasting, like, immediately. His last year with the Raiders was, was 78, three years removed from a Super Bowl. I mean, the guy was winning. He was still winning. He never had a losing season as the Raiders head coach. He just won. He just won. And he joined CBS as a color commentator in 79. And he wasn't, you know, on the A-team right out the gate. But it didn't take long. He, he and Summerall were together, I think, in eight, by the time 81 rolled around. and that was that and he wouldn't fly to any of the destinations he had a bus that would drive him sort of like a tour bus like a band would be in that would drive him all over the country and the man would watch film on the bus and back in the 80s it's not like you're like pulling it up on on a digital tablet that tom brady is going to throw on the ground when he gets frustrated he's sitting there queuing this thing up on like beta and vhs and Nothing like him, man. Nothing like Madden. I know they, you know, they had the All Madden team for a while, and I know they have the Madden Award for the best O line in football. Maybe the NFL needs like a, a even bigger award, just a name after him. Eighty-five years old, passed away unexpectedly yesterday morning, and uh, unforgettable. Let's head to the phone lines two six nine ten seventy seven. Good morning, welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello, I'm sorry. Wait one second. Let me get you here. All right, go ahead.
3: I hate to look at life like this, um, but for the last two or three years, I've been looking at certain sports icons and just thinking this might be the year. Um, I shouldn't do I shouldn't do something like that, but I, I kind of felt with Hank Aaron, uh, Willie Mays, or John Madden, something's going to happen, and uh, two of them already gone this year uh john madden man i remember um just being in mississippi man with my uncles my dad watching the games mostly like giants and redskins uh back in the day like he used to commentate a lot of those games um with pat summerall uh, i remember that, the commercial that miller light or bud light commercial i don't know which beer but uh when he kind of busted a, uh yeah kind of busted up. Are you remember know, that commercial?
1: Um, was it was it one of the less filling, you know, taste great ones? Or I don't remember I don't remember which I, one it was. I guess I just
3: know back in the day I used to see it like like a lot of old Milwaukee commercials. Oh yeah, uh, Keystone. But I, I knew it. Was
1: <laughs> 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 they don't make those those um, kinds of commercials anymore either. The, it doesn't get any better than this. Um, those are interesting. But all of that like all of that's bad. part of like football nostalgia, right? Like for you as a kid, like we're 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 close to the same age. Like for us, I we remember Madden probably as a broadcaster first, and the video game second. For younger generations, it's video game first, and then for an older generation, it's probably his coaching. You know, I I didn't see him coach, but he won all the time. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in football. It's not like he was in danger of losing his job. He just didn't want to fly anymore, and kind of stumbled into broadcasting and went on to become. You know, arguably the greatest color commentator in, in in sports broadcasting ever, certainly in America. Oh man, he's,
3: yeah, he yes, he's 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 the greatest. And, and Scott, you you're right, man. Of course, I remember the, uh, the play well, play by play, the color commentator. But you know, Tecmo Bowl, we we talk about this a lot. Tecmo Super Bowl, great video game. The man, I remember, <laughs> I remember the summer of '93, man. My, my parents bought us a video game console. That's the first time they ever bought us a console outside of Christmas. Right, so he bought us a Sega Genesis, and the first game that we came with, uh, that we bought, they was Super H two, and also Madden ninety two, and man, just one night, just one day of playing that. Now, keep in mind, I played Madden before on the PC. I had a friend who had a PC and had a, a Madden on that.
1: But- it was different though. That ninety two, and I think he's on the cover <laughs> with like he's like holding the microphone with his arm up. That was that was the game where they they had the ambulance that would like go on the field.
3: Yes, yes, yeah. Whenever a player yes.
1: would get hurt, and it folks listening especially younger ones they might think that who cares that let me tell you something in 92 and that ambulance went out on the field it was like holy bleep you couldn't believe it you know now they yeah, release a crazy. new Madden every year and it's like how can they actually top it right but back then as technology evolved every year there would be like big leaps in terms of you know what came next in the series and I don't know I mean those early I feel like the first maybe eight years, he was always on the cover. And then eventually, yeah. you know, it started with Eddie George, and then they started having players, and then they had the Madden curse, which didn't stick every year, but it stuck enough to become a thing. It's like they should have just left him. All, I know this. Next year when Madden comes out, he will be on the cover. Like they're not yeah. – uh, w- with his passing, they're not going to put any players on it next year. And they'd have, a, they'd have special editions with him on it, but he just needs to be the cover next year, hands down.
3: Yeah, you're right, man. And um, I was watching. Man, Scott, you know what? I, I did not. I didn't find out till two hours, two hours before, two hours two hours ago. Excuse me, two hours ago. I just found out like yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I said, you know, I kind of went to bed early Well, I was knocked out early yesterday. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, yeah, I just found out two hours ago, but and um, hey, hey, that's man. Yeah, John Madden, man. Like you said, man, the Outback commercials. Tough acting, Tanaka, act Ace t- Hardware. T- t- like, it's crazy how you remember all this stuff with his man.
1: He was unforgettable, you know? man. You'd see him in something and you wouldn't, you know, like... Uh, you, there were other broadcasters hey, well, Scott, that did that pitch stuff. But like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big wiggle. I mean, the Ball madden team was basically just John Madden's favorite tough guys. The whole team. Like, every position. It was basically if he thought you were really tough, you were on his team. And Fox would do like a an hour long or a two hour long special every year to unveil the All Madden team. And then he, I think that there was a documentary that aired on Christmas. I didn't get to see it on Fox and uh, Fox Sports One. Apparently, is going to re air it January third, a Madden documentary. So I'm going to make sure to watch it.
3: I got one more thing. It's just when he talked, I, I mentioned the NFC East teams from the '80s. Um, when he mentioned some of the players, remember David Butts or Dave Butt?
4: Uh-huh.
3: He was a, a tackle. For the uh, the Redskins team, known as the Redskins at the time, the way he would talk about these players, man, like 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 Harris Barton, like he's a football player, like the way he would get into this whole thing. Uh, the way he talked about Lawrence Taylor, <laughs> of course, Jared Rice. He always had, he was always fond. Of course, now he's from the West Coast, he's from the Bay Area, so the way the way he talked about uh, the 49ers. and and you mentioned he grew up with John Robinson.
1: Yep, That's they were buddies. That, he that he that. also, like, was the first color commentator I can remember that would spend, like, actual real time on the O-line and, like, kind of break down a player. It didn't even necessarily have to be a play. It would just be a specific player and what they did and, and, and how they were as a player. And back then, I mean, even now, I mean, O-line's probably the least glorious position on, on a football field outside of maybe the long snapper. And Madden, being like an old O-lineman, he would just... He he would. I learned I learned more about an old lineman from John Baden as a kid than I did from anyone else.
3: And one more thing, and I gotta go. 90 percent of the game is half mental. Have a good one.
1: <laughs> There's some great quotes now. There's some great quotes. Maddenisms. J. A. Adande started keeping sort of a tablet of Maddenisms a couple years ago. And then other people online would sort of chime in with their own. There's some great ones, man. Like I love this one. When you win as a coach, you get to be a genius. But if you look at it, you're a guy that was a PE major in college. Your best class was recess, and then you became a coach. When you win some games, you're a genius. You go from being good at recess to genius. And then, there, you know, there's some self-deprecation in there. I mean, he was a great coach. At some point, you just say, call in the dogs and put out the fire. The hunt's over. There's great bodies, and there's good bodies, and there's average bodies. And every once in a while, you come across a bad body. There are two rules in life. You can always be late because you were watching Monday Night Football and the World Series. As a kid, you can always watch those two things and it's okay. <clears throat> That's what I used to tell my teachers. That's worse than a boom. That's one that loosens your teeth. Just awesome. Awesome. Whatever happened to nicknames. It's great to have a game where the table where the tackle is nicknamed pork chop. Who cares if the horse is blind? Just keep loading the wagon. I mean, just great. Just great. Rest in peace to John Madden. Three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. This is the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Now at one zero three three on the FM, fourteen twenty on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. If you're listening to the stream, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Wheel Center. Champagne's going the extra mile.
2: There's we see the, the buckets now. There's a third bucket this week. I think what happened, there's always been, yeah, there's always been like a mother and father. Like this is a father bucket, this is a mother bucket, and since the last game, they had a baby bucket. So this is a baby bucket. So they got three now. There always been two. One's gonna go to Parcells, one's gonna go to another assistant, and one will go to a player later in the game. I guess that clears up the question as to whether they're married or not. Well, yeah, well, they got married. Yeah, they got married in that baby bucket. That's Ruth's son over the right side and out of bounds by Steve Wilson. That's the bucket. I mean, I mean, the bucket, you know, that's how big it is. I mean, third year in the league. And then you ask questions like, is it married? Yeah, Bucket's married. Bucket, you got a family bucket? Yeah, got a baby bucket. And then brought the ice because we're in California. Heavy ice. See, the baby can't sit up there with the mom and dad,
1: though. I mean, there's John Madden talking about the Gatorade buckets that the Giants are going to pour on their coach after they win the Super Bowl against the Broncos. And he's got the teleprompter and he's circling the buckets and the size of the buckets. You kidding me? Talk about ahead of its time. It's Super Bowl 21. Super Bowl 21. And there he is. There he is. Back in January of 87. Keeping things interesting late in a Super Bowl broadcast. Tremendous stuff, man. Like, ah. You got to have fun. Did anyone, did anyone feel like they were having more fun than John Madden? Anybody? I don't think so. All right, Coach Gary Broadhead coming up at 745. I think we got Luke Johnson now for a couple of minutes. Luke Johnson from the Times-Picayune on the beat covering the New Orleans Saints. Good morning, Luke. How are you, buddy?
5: Good morning, man. I'm, I'm sorry I missed the call. I totally... Uh like the the Monday night football game really throws off my weekly schedule and I it was thinking it was Tuesday.
1: It happens to me as well. Uh but I just blame having kids, but there are those days where I literally forget what day it is and that's, that's <laughs> something I did before kids, but um look, we got you for a couple minutes, man. I hope you had a great Christmas. Uh what 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 will you remember most about John Madden?
5: Oh man. Um you know I think so many people, my age, um, yeah, I'm I'm in my mid thirties. Um, I I mean, I was, I grew up watching football where he, it was was beyond like the video game stuff, which, you know, that was part of it too, but he was my, um, the, the, the version of our, of our Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman, right? Like, like the guy who's calling every big game, big afternoon game on Sundays. He's calling Super Bowls. And um, the thing I, I always remember about him is um, just like the energy he brought to the broadcast, right? And, and the enthusiasm for football. I mean, it was kind of contagious. Um, it, it, it made you uh, excited to watch the game. I think that's it's hard to do as a broadcaster. Um, so yeah, that's, that's always like the the thing I'll always think about when, when I'm watching John Madden, the Sims, you know, just yelling, boom, in the middle of, of his broadcast. Right. Um, and I I think that just kind of encapsulates everything about him. Um, just very energetic and enthusiastic about the game.
1: It, it, it didn't seem like anybody had more fun calling football games than John Madden. You know, there was an element to it that, uh, the big game feel, he could, he was funny. There was just, there was none like him. And I was saying, I think for, for somebody in our bracket, you know, whether you're in your mid thirties, mid forties, you remember him probably first as a broadcaster. And then, you know, video game icon second, if you're in your fifties and sixties, you probably remember him as a coach first. Then obviously if you're, you know, 30 or younger, you're just thinking about the video game first, but I mean, you could be eighty or a hundred today, and you know who John Madden is. And I don't, I don't know that there's individuals in sport like that outside of him because nobody was Hall of Famer coach, you know, great coach. He, I mean, he stopped coaching because he was afraid to fly, gave him anxiety. Um, you know, arguably best color commentator ever and video game icon. Not that he really played video games, so. There's no one. There's no one like Madden. There was also nothing like what unfolded Monday night, which was like a snuff film just disguised as a football game, Luke. That was – I I got accused of being negative Monday, and I still don't understand how from listeners when I was like, guys, you realize there's no way the Saints are going to win. Like they have guys that are getting to New Orleans today, have to pass a COVID test, and then get fitted for a uniform. Like today – just to play tonight, they're missing half of their team, and 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 you know the most important position is a fourth rounder who hasn't practiced. And the Saints can say whatever they want. They the way they felt about him, they weren't dressing him back when you know Simeon was playing and Taysom was the emergency quarterback, but too hurt to get on the field. They weren't even dressing him. You know they called Drew Brees and Philip Rivers, according to Jeff Duncan, just to just to see, hey, maybe just for a game, like it was. There was no way the saints were going to win that game Monday night. And I know Sean Payton has to tell you when you ask him questions and everybody, you just, no, one's going to feel sorry for us. You just got to deal with the hand, the card you're dealt. But look, there was no way they were winning Monday night. Like it would have taken more than a Christmas miracle.
5: Yeah. It, it, and here's the thing is I actually talked to myself into thinking like, maybe they have a chance yet. Yeah, they had Alvin Kamara. They have, Alvin, Camara, uh, they have they had a lot of really important defensive players out there, and yeah, I think they still played a pretty good game defensively. Um, I, I like had talked myself into it, and then by by the time the game was was like three minutes old, I was like, I was an idiot. <laughs> 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 like they had absolutely no chance in that game. Um, uh, yeah, especially just considering what they were playing on the offensive line. It, you, know, you maybe, maybe if they had their. Uh, their regular starting five out there on, off, on the offensive line maybe right maybe they could have scored
1: maybe they could have not turned or, the ball or, over and won three to nothing.
5: yeah <laughs> well you know maybe they could have they could have put together a couple scoring tries like if if Ian book wasn't just running around com- with completely no chance on every play um maybe right but uh, it, it, they were they were completely overmatched, <laughs> in in every way, shape, and form, offensively. Uh, you know, they're, they're only they have they had basically one good player on the field offensively, two, right? I, I think Eric McCoy and and Alvin Kamara are both good players. Alvin Kamara is a superstar, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I mean, two two good players is not enough to carry an, off, an offense. Um, and and you know, I, I, I just. It was a shame uh, that that that's what everybody had to watch on uh, on Monday night. Um, you know, whether you're talking about your your Saints fan or you are just a like casual football fan in, in Spokane, Washington, wanting to watch some some primetime football. Um, but at the same time, I you know I think I am not in the uh, not in in the 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 chorus of people saying they should have postponed the game or whatever. Um, because they, I, I, unless, unless you add like a, like an extra week yeah. to the regular season for, for it to be like a COVID makeup week, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, they, it, it would have, you, know, you would have been taken away from, from that game yesterday or Monday Right. You, would have been, you would have been giving yourself a better chance than that one while, while taking away from future right. games.
1: And, 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 I, and they still got, got a shot here, right? You know, I mean, I yeah. think, I, I agree with you. I mean, this, well, and I also think, Luke, it had something to do with when it was played, right? Like, it, I always just follow the money. Like, if that game had been scheduled for Sunday at noon... I don't know that they may not have at least moved it to Tuesday, which probably would have hurt the Saints more than helped them because they, you know, maybe they got guys back, maybe they didn't, but I doubt they would have gotten enough back to really have any shot. Um, but I think the NFL doesn't mind move that. Just, I just didn't think they were ever going to move a Monday Night Football game. You know, yeah, it's one thing yeah, if yeah, oh I we think. can move it to Tuesday, say it's safety, but guess what? We get we get another night of the week where everybody's watching our product. Not having Monday Night Football when ESPN, you know. Pays them currently half a billion to air, uh, you know. I would say a, a below average Monday night schedule, and then beginning in twenty twenty three, they're paying them two point seven billion a year more than any of the networks. It's like they're not going to take that away from them, and they don't want to take their product off on that night. So, in it's, terms of
5: especially when especially when you're you talking about like not even getting yeah. You know, you're not going to end up getting really a better product either. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you, if yes. you take right. it back and play it a couple nights, Right. Uh, and they, they had guys testing positive on Monday morning. Um, you know, it, they, they really didn't even have a lot of guys who would have conceivably been okay to play if they would have adopted the new CDC rules on Monday. Uh-huh. Right. Because most of their guys were testing positive later in the week. So I, it was just, um, I mean, it was a terrible situation, but it, it was it was one where I, I don't really think there's there's much of an option uh, to find a resolution that's that's even agreeable to any any party, whether it's the Saints or the NFL or uh, you know the people who rely on
1: their pocketbooks. Luke Johnson, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. Just a few more minutes with Luke. Um, Saints with seven teams now in the playoffs still have a shot, even at seven and eight, if they can win out. If San Francisco loses to the Rams, if a couple of other things happen. Um, they got a shot here and, and all things considered with what they've gone through this season, I think that's, that's pretty impressive, but you know, if they lose the last two and they don't look good, you know, you finish seven and 10, maybe you look at this season differently. You win the last two, you finish with a winning record, <clears throat> whether you're in the post season or not. I, I think in terms of how you view this season, a lot of it will be predicated on these next two weeks. And, you know what? What do you think the COVID situation could look like for the Saints this Sunday when they host the Panthers? And do you like the Saints to to, to give a go here and maybe get in the postseason as that seventh seed in the NFC?
2: Well,
5: you know, I, I think the first thing I'll say is is I'll I'll uh, withhold on on. <laughs> doing any sort of project predicting on, on COVID after last week's game, you know, I it, think like anything, uh, can just completely turn sideways at any time with this. Um, I think they're going to have a lot of the guys back, if not all of them, um, especially with the new CDC rules, um, or the new CDC guidelines being put in place, uh, where, you know, as long as you don't have symptoms, um, you can return after five days, five days after a positive test. Um, it, yeah, I think they should have just about everybody back from the COVID list uh, with with that under consideration. Um, but, you know, there, there's still a handful of guys who are very important to the team who have not tested positive for COVID. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm really, I, I hesitate to, uh, to say, you know, I think they'll be in good shape because for all for all we know, another ten guys could could test positive. Um you know, some really important players. Um but you know I, I I still for some reason for some reason I still like this team. <laughs> and I still think they have a decent shot at uh at getting in. And obviously losing that game Monday night. Um it was not a good thing uh, for their playoff. I would say, like if, if they were going to lose any one of those last three games, it was probably the best one to lose mm-hmm. um, just because of like tiebreaker stuff. Um, but uh, you know, they, they made their road a whole lot more difficult and now they're going to need some help. Um, but if they do get some help, I do think they can win out. And I do think that they'd be a really tough out in the playoffs. I, I don't think this is a team that's going to go win a super bowl. Right. And I, and I think everybody understands that. Um, but they are absolutely a team who could really wreck a a, a team with high aspirations. Um, yeah, we we've seen them do it four times this year, um, where their their best games of the year came against the really good teams. And I think they have the type of the type of team that can give a very very good team trouble with that very good defense. Yeah, if their if their offense is playing at its best it is a difficult one to stop in in terms of just not letting him possess the ball for 35 minutes um and i think that's a that's a recipe for for success in the playoffs if they can get in um so you know a lot of ifs there and in, and in the, you know couching it in terms of you know maybe if things bounce right it can be a little fun but um yeah, that's kind of probably, I think, the best we can we can ask for for this specific
1: same season. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. At By Luke Johnson on Twitter, BY Luke Johnson. Give him a follow. Check out all his stuff, NOLA.com, the New Orleans advocate, the Times Picayune, friend of the program, friend of mine. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. I'm sure you watched Die Hard. And um, I love that ornament that you gave your dad, I guess, what, one or two years ago. I always think about that. But um, all the best, man, and, um, you know, usually we chat longer, but I'm going to let you run. I got another guest lined up, but let's talk soon. Have a great new year, and hopefully hopefully, maybe we could talk about a playoff game involving the Saints in a few weeks.
5: Yeah, that sounds good, and I'll try to remember what day it is next time. I will, and, too. Uh,
1: I will, too. <laughs>
5: by, the, by the way, uh, if you are it's as somebody who appreciates movies and, uh, and maybe even holiday-themed movies, uh, add – fat man to your rotation fat man uh okay yeah it's, it's mel gibson walton goggins um and, I'm in. and basically uh, i'm in yeah well you the, said the walton
1: goggins is, i'm uh, in i'm in
5: the whole idea the whole idea is somebody um hires a hitman to kill santa and it's outstanding
1: i'm in done okay i'm, I'm gonna have to watch <laughs> it like as soon as i can you sold me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so good all right appreciate all right, it brother God. all right man
5: bye yeah, talk to you soon
1: Thanks. Great stuff from Luke Johnson. Coach Gary Broadhead joins me in a minute. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
4: Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPN and the ESPN Lafayette app.
1: Welcome back into the great Scott Show. Louisiana Rage occasion women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead joins us now. Coach, thanks for adjusting to my schedule this week. How was your Christmas?
6: Oh, it was great, great man. Thanks for having me. Uh, really good. Other than it was kind of warm, you know, uh, Southern Louisiana Christmas sometimes where uh, you know we we don't get that cool weather. It was it was uh, extremely warm, but uh, great, great Christmas.
1: Good, glad to hear it, coach. And um, I know that. One present you've asked from the Sun Belt for many years is just to to start a season at home, and uh, last year that you know got flipped because of COVID. But you begin conference play tomorrow. Um, Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx anything with the way things are going with COVID. But you begin conference play tomorrow. You know you 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 dominated conference last year in the regular season, all the way up to the conference tournament title game. You the, the conference champs last year. What what do you guys need to do to duplicate that success and potentially go beyond that?
6: You know, I think we have all the tools to do it, you know. I think, uh, first of all, you know, we rely on a lot of our defense and stuff, and you know, just making stops and making sure that the younger kids understand that the most important thing is can we uh, control what uh, other people do offensively to, you know, to, to keep the scores down. You know, we're not a big-time scoring team and have never really been, so kind of what we do but uh and you know I, I think every year we talk about you know a little bit we play small ball so we you know we're going to have to belt a rebound or you know at least uh uh you know you know equal the rebounding of the other team uh you know this year we've won some games where we were a little bit behind on the rebounding and stuff but uh those things are going to be extremely important we're getting better at not turning over the ball as you get into conference it's going to be important you know I think each one helps the defense and the offense. You know, if you're not turning the ball over, you get to play five-on-five on, five on on defense. And if you're rebounding the ball, you get more possessions on the offensive side. So, you know, I think that's going to be key for us. You know, being – we're a little bit younger than last year. Uh, I think we're just as talented, though. But, uh, you know, we're just going to have to do those simple – It's to me, it's pretty simple. You know? Uh, you know, making stops and making sure we don't turn the ball over and rebound.
1: You know, Ashlyn Jones is somebody I want to highlight this week. I got to talk to her uh, after the the win against LSU Shreveport back on the 15th, and I think she had 16 in that game. It was really, in terms of her, most minutes she played in the game, you guys were up big, but she still had kind of the pedal to the metal. Where do you see her progressing throughout this season? Like, how, how big a part can she be of your core of your rotation from now until the conference tournament?
6: I think she could be big because, you know, she's so athletic and she's got some length to her, you know, she's right around six foot and she can play uh, a couple of positions, you know, from the three to the four. Uh, She's a great rebounder, a great, I mean, really good defensive player on the ball. And, you know, she's learning off the ball stuff. And, You know, I think she, I mean, she fits what we recruit, you know. Just, I think for freshmen, sometimes it's just the inconsistency. You know, you'll have her play against LSU Sweetport and and, uh, almost have a double double, and then, you know, you get against certain teams and, you know, she's non existent. And it's because of the inconsistency of it, you know, and that's what we're working on. You know, this is a great time for us to make sure that they understand you know, their roles and what, what do we need from them. And, you know, I talk to her every day about, man, if you just rebound for us, you know, if you can defend and rebound, the scoring's going to come. She's got a great jump shot. She's still trying to figure out what's a good shot for her. You know, she's not a great three-point shooter, but, man, she's got a great jump shot. And You know, getting to the middle and hitting those jump shots off the elbows and the blocks and stuff like that could be really big for us.
1: You know, um, Coach, I, last year was quote the covid season the year before though you had to deal with it you were still in the conference tournament. you were playing you guys were arguably playing your best ball of the season felt like you had a great shot to win it then that was the early stages of covid and they have to call it last year the the schedule obviously was different and playing back-to-backs and everything this year you know the impact i don't want to say has been huge yet and then you look at what's happened last week and all of the college basketball games that have been canceled. I know yesterday, I believe that uh, UL administration and, and athletic directors and coaches, I think y'all met, maybe discussed what's happening moving forward. So what is what is the game plan, I guess is a good way to put it, moving forward with this, and, and how can you guys do your best? There's some things that are simply unavoidable, Coach, but how can you guys do your best to try to just keep this thing rolling so that you got your team ready to go and and, and you're ready to play?
6: Well, you know, I think the first thing that that everybody in the conference really wanted was a vaccination, you know. And, you know, we kind of took pride as a women's basketball team. We were the first to be fully vaccinated at the know. university. And so uh, I think that was the biggest thing to start off, you know, because now your protocols are different and, you know, you're able to uh, – you know, you're not having to go in lockdown and on and on. So I think it's a it, it opened up the door to to have a you know to have a season. And now with this uh, upkick, uh, they had some votes yesterday. They haven't come out with the results yet on some of the protocol and how they're going to handle some of the things that are going to be you know presented. Um, and I think this morning you you'll we'll hear a little bit more about what uh, what direction as far as far. You know, forfeits, or is it going to be just a, gotcha. a canceled game? And uh, that's kind of what they're talking about now. Before, you know, we had all voted on, you know, the, uh, that it was just going to be a forfeit. Now with this upkick, I think everybody kind of like, whoa, you know, it's not going to be anybody's fault that that we do run into COVID, and so they're that they're kind of looking at those uh, those protocols and and you know how they're going to handle some of the procedures. Um, and I, I know they'll make a decision today because we start conference tomorrow.
1: What is in, maybe you don't want to tell me, but which way were you leading? Where was your vote?
6: Well, I was, I, I was kind of against the, the, uh, the forfeit, you know, and have a loss because of maybe one kid. And, you know, um, I, I, I like the can the cancellation of it, you know, and just kind of moving on and having maybe a percentage, you have to play a certain percentage of your schedule to be able to be seated in the tournament. Cause that's, really for our conference the most important thing is is winning that conference tournament you know and trying to put yourself in a position to to win the conference tournament so i think the conference is looking at that real hard and and uh, making sure that that's kind of taken care of that we get the best uh you know we get the best opportunity for everybody to to be able to compete in that conference tournament so i think that that's where i would lean in in the fact that uh you know to to have it to be a forfeit that's kind of tough you know uh I'd rather, you know, do the percentage and uh, just, you know, just be a canceled game. And if you can remake it up good, if you can't, uh, then you just got to move on.
1: 16 conference games scheduled between now and the start of the tournament, March 2nd. I hope you're able to get them all in coach, but either way, you won them all last year in the regular season. Um, That's the goal. I know every year, I appreciate you joining me on Wednesday this week. Sorry, it's a little late and, I'll be out early next week, but look forward to talking to you after that each week in and out of um you guys as you travel and, and play at home. And it's nice to be at home for for Christmas. I'm sure it's nice to be at home for New Year's this year. The Louisiana Raging Cage women's basketball team, eight and two. They are five and one at home and they are hosting UT Arlington tomorrow, six o'clock. Be there. And then New Year's Day. It's not early morning, so if you know you're you're still kind of getting over maybe a little too much champagne. Two o'clock, great time to go to a game, take the family, ring in the New Year, support women's hoops, support the Cajuns who are working their tails off. Coach, I appreciate the time as always, man. Happy New Year, and uh, I'll talk to you again on the 10th. Sounds great. Happy New Year. Go Cajuns. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head, women's head basketball coach Gary Bright. I'd always love talking to Coach. His enthusiasm for women's hoops is uh, second to none. It's unmatched, and this team is playing hard, man. Like what he was saying about Ashlyn Jones, when you have uh, a young player, and they they young players on this team where they they're looking for contributions, a big thing for a lot of them is consistency, right? I remember talking to Ashlyn and hearing her after the game at LSU Shreveport, just talking about confidence and man, game was big for our confidence, right? Just starting to feel confidence. The more ball, the more you know, the more the balls went in more buckets I made, the more confident I was getting. I mean, she was five or six in that game. She had 16 points. You know, there's been some games this year where she takes a few shots from the field, but when scoreless. She was great in that game. Great in that game. And I think she also had a steal. She was She was big. She was big time. Right now, she's one of those players in the rotation that maybe it's Somewhere between you know ten to twelve minutes a game, ten to fifteen minutes more. She play, I say that I mean then you know they were in Houston. She played twenty one minutes. There's a lot there. There's there's a high ceiling there with Ashlyn Jones, and I'm looking forward to her progression throughout this season. We're going to take a timeout. Come back next hour. Great Scott! Show continues. Chris Connor from the Bird Rights Canal Street Chronicles will join me about eight fifteen the legend of John Madden. We're talking NFL hoops. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the eight o'clock hour. Great Scott show. Thanks, Coach Broadhead and Luke Johnson for stopping by last hour. Our listeners and callers as well. Appreciate you guys. Talked a ton about John Mad today. Little Saints, little UL Women's Hoops. Chris Connor from the Bird Rights and the Canal Street Chronicles will be joining me in a little bit to talk John Madden, Little Saints and Pels as well. What a game. What a game. Last night by the Pels, extremely short-handed and beat a good Cleveland team. They were down 23 in the first quarter. Willie Green is getting the absolute best out of the Pelicans right now, 100%. LSU hired a defensive coordinator. He'll be delivered in, um, I don't know, a month maybe, longer. He is the current linebackers coach for the Kansas city chiefs and you know, Andy Reid has been telling folks that he expects teams to reach out to him in hopes, uh, you know, in regards to coaching vacancies, he expects teams to reach out to him about the offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. He even said Steve Spagnola. Hmm. but didn't mention Matt house. Matt house is leaving at least after the season. He's going to join Brian Kelly's staff. He will be LSU's defensive coordinator, but he will not head to Baton Rouge until the Chiefs have been eliminated from the playoffs. Brian Kelly said Matt checks every box we're looking for as a defensive coordinator. He's led elite SEC defenses. He's recruited. He's developed all-conference and all-American performers in multiple positions and garnered ample experience in both the NFL and as the coordinator at multiple collegiate stops. Talks about how to defend the type of offenses they're going to face in the conference. He was Kentucky's defensive coordinator before heading to Kansas City and joining Andy Reid's staff. He won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. And he also was uh, part of, before that, before he was at Kentucky, he was uh, on the defensive staff for FIU and Pitt. I'll be honest. I, I Outside of the bio, I can't tell you a ton about Matt House, the coach. He's from the Midwest, like Brian Kelly. Well, Brian Kelly grew up in Massachusetts. So I, you know, He's from the East Coast. But um, House is from Michigan. He's been in coaching a long time. I think he started as a grad assistant in, in 01 with Michigan State. D coordinator at Pitt, D coordinator at FIU. D co- Special teams coordinator for a year, then D coordinator at Kentucky. This is his biggest job to date. And at some point LSU will get him when the Kentucky, excuse me, when the Chiefs season ends. John Madden. There is no, I said this when I opened the show. The word legend gets tossed around a lot. Probably, you know, I think people need to be a little more judicious when they use it, the word legend. Not everybody can be a legend. And yet when it comes to John Madden, legend may not even do justice to just how legendary he is, was, and always will be. He he is football. Is there anyone more synonymous with the NFL than John Madden? If you are a kid, eight years old, if you're a teenager, if you're in your 20s, you know Madden first and foremost from the Madden NFL video game series. Oh, that's the guy whose name's on this video game franchise. If you're in your 30s and your 40s, you know him probably, obviously from the video games, but above that, from his incredible broadcasting career. If you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know Madden from his time as a coach. He was an incredible coach. In 10 seasons with the Raiders, he won over 76% of his games. He never had a losing season. He won a Super Bowl. He went to six AFC title games in 10 seasons. He reached the the AFL championship in his first season. This is pre-merger. He has the highest winning percentage among all coaches with over a hundred wins. He's in the Hall of Fame because of what he did as a coach. Not because be, he's on a video game. The guy is was the, the guy the guy the guy's the guy's football. A legend. Whether you're eight, whether you're a hundred, you know who John Madden is. You can't, you can't say that about anyone else in sports, right? You can't. He spanned generations for different reasons, but nobody had more fun in the booth. Nobody was the voice for bigger games in the sport of football than John Madden. From CBS to Fox to ABC to NBC... He was the best. Talk more about Baden later in the show. Chris Connors joining me next. He's been rolling in those Twitter spaces as it pertains to the Pelicans. We're going to talk to Chris about that. For those of you that don't remember Chris, very talented guy. But when he was younger, his Saints fandom got him arrested. Which is a story I don't think he loves that I bring up every time he comes on the show. But you know what? We might just have to bring it up. Don't go anywhere. The Great Sky Show continues right after this.
4: Sports talk that's so legit. It smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette. ESPN And the ESPN Lafayette app. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, Drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken.
1: Back into the great Scott show. Joining me now, the man. I just tell people I know that guy, Chris Connor. At I don't care what he says, it's I'm patient bull on Twitter. He says it's impatient. I I find him to be a patient guy. Chris joins us now. He is a current Chicago resident, but uh, always New Orleans and South Louisiana in his heart. Huge Pels and Saints guy does work for the Bird Rights and Canal Street Chronicles, SB Nation sites covering the Pels and the Saints. Good morning, Chris, man. I hope you had a good Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope you have a great new year. How's life, man?
7: Life is pretty damn good, Scott. Pretty damn good. And considering that I am up this early (laughs) before I start my actual job with you, listening to your beautiful voice, Man, my 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 year is going
1: to end really, really well, man. Good, uh, I you deserve it, man. Um, I've always enjoyed your work, and I don't know if you get mad at me every time I bring you on. When I remind folks that your fandom is second to none, because you once got arrested just to watch the Saints Falcons game. But I, <laughs> I I want you to know that when I tell that story, it is it, it is a compliment, and I'm serious. It's not like man, get a load of this guy. It's like phew, you think you're a fan. Get out of here with that bull. Let me tell you about Chris Connor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
7: like it. Hey, man, it, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me, man. It was. It's, I, I tell people. I mean, I, I don't just walk down the street and tell strangers that it happened. But I mean, you know, listen. I, I, I really. Um, it's a it's a cautionary tale, but it's also something that you know it happened, um, and it, it really it really goes deep into the mind of what uh, fandom can do. Um, you know, to someone and especially, and I, you know, and what's funny is that like there was so many seasons that just made sense for that to happen. So many seasons that were worth like winning, not a, not a year where the team finishes eight and eight, you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, 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 I um, <laughs> please, please continue to tell that story, man. Hopefully it keeps other people out of jail.
1: There you go. If, if you get locked out and the saints are about to start, and you can't get in your, your apartment or your home. Just call Papa, Papa like and pay the fee. Don't don't call police and say someone's inside and I need to get in. That's all. That's the that's the very very Cliff Notes version of the story. Look, man. Before I ask you about um, the two franchises in NOLA, John Madden. I mean, I, I said this, Chris. You know, I think the word legend people don't people don't use the word judiciously. It kind of gets thrown at thrown around a bit too much. And yet, in the case of John Madden, like there's not legend doesn't even really do it justice i mean he, he 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 is was and always will be a legend but you know you're a little younger than me what do you when you hear madden what do you think of
7: um so right around the time that i start watching football he's the first voice that you know i i associate with the game right right around um the time you know mid mid to late 90s when i started watching football him and pat summerall are pretty much you know they're finishing up their career you know i just you know the truth pat goes first and then and then john goes shortly afterwards um and yeah man i mean you know growing up like you now i i was a big nfl films guy i'm i'm big on i'm big on history of all of all sorts so you know that allowed me you know to go deep into you know learning about John Madden's career as a as a coach um you know his time, his time with the Raiders um and it's just it's one of the it's one of the more unique guys that you know you'll ever find in sports with just his the the amount of ways he was able to influence and impact the game period right is his impact as a coach that turns into him as a as a um as a as a personality turns into him as a broadcaster. I mean, he's he's been unique at every stop, and then that and then that goes into his impact on video games and how that changed. You know, I mean, without Madden plays a plays a big role in you know in my life growing up in a multitude of ways. Um, so, I mean, I. Like you said, Legend just doesn't just doesn't do it justice. But I don't think that there's, that there's any there's no comparison to a guy like John. Uh, for him to be exceptional, uh, creative, and unique in three different lanes and kind of you know be a be a trailblazer of sorts. Yeah. Um, I mean it's really fun to think about. I mean today, you know, even 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 at a time where he passes, it's fun to really reflect and think about how he impacted um, you know a lot of people's lives and, and journeys. Uh, just by being himself.
1: Just there, I think you said it, Chris. There's no comp, right? It is a guy that was. I mean, he's he's got the highest winning percentage of any coach ever in the history of the league. to coach more than 100 games. He, he, he the only reason he stopped coaching is because flying gave him too much anxiety, and he got into broadcasting. And you know, he drove, and then they were like, "Oh, well, you're really good." He's like, "Okay, well, give me a bus," and 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 he, he becomes the best color commentator in American sports history. And then after, you know, on top of all of that, you know, the iconic video game series with his name on it. So like for, for someone to pass in the world of sports and sometimes someone will pass and I'll, you know, I'll tell my kid about it or whatever. They don't know who it is. But I I would I feel like any kid that's like eight, right? I'll say eight years old. They know about the Madden video. They may not know about John Madden, but they know the name, right? They know Madden. Oh yeah, the video game series. It's based... And then you could be a hundred years old, and you know Madden from his coaching and his broadcasting. And if you're a hundred and you still have your, you know your uh, your whereabouts about you, then you know about the video game too. Like to span ninety plus years of, of of ages and generations, and for everyone to know who you are and associate you with the sport of football, there's no other comparison. There's there's only one John Madden, and and there there only will be ever be one John Madden, and. You know, I remember him on some Saints games. Let's shift gears to the Saints, Chris. Um, We've I, I, talked enough about Monday night and before the game and, and after the game and what it was and what it should have been or shouldn't have been or whatever. I want to look forward, right? Look, look, looking ahead, New Year's resolution: Can the Saints make a run here? Are, do you are, do you feel like it's seven and eight, knowing they need a little bit of help? Is this team going to get into the playoffs? Well, I mean,
7: it's hard to. It's hard to identify, or, or you know, or say. I think give give a definite answer, but I think that the window of opportunity is still there. Um, but you know, I think what it's really going to come down to is um, kind of what it's what their season has pended on is if you know the things around health and, you know, and COVID will work their way. You know, if they can, if, if they can. I mean, I guess at this point, be lucky.
1: Availability. Stay out of. Yeah.
7: Yeah, I mean, if guys are if guys are out there, you know, um, available for these last two games, I think that they can win them both. Um, and that starting at quarterback with Taysom Hill, um, I you know, and you get you get Demario, you get Quan back in company. Um, you know, Deontay Harris returns soon back from uh, from suspension. You know, for example, uh, man, I mean, if they can just have guys that have that weren't you know. Within burgers the the week prior, <laughs> or you know I mean shout out to Kurt Warner's new movie uh, coming out. They're not you know filling grocery bags. Um, that I think that they'll be able to, to take care of what they're supposed to do. Now they're going to need some help, but I do think from a schedule perspective there are some there are some games left and, and teams that are that are in the hunt that you know could have favorable outcomes for New Orleans. So I think they have a shot it's always up in the air when you don't control your destiny, which is why, you know, just everything that happened around this Miami game was so unfortunate because I do think that it was a winnable game, um, you know, especially when you look at how how far they fought uh, with 20-plus players on COVID and however many players on injury reserve. But they still, you know, seen throughout that time, you know, throughout parts of that game where maybe they had a shot of, you know, keeping it close to having to come down to the uh, – to. You know, you know, a fourth quarter uh, type situation, but uh, I think I think that they'll have an opportunity to take care of their part of this, um, you know, of their playoff chances.
1: That's Chris Connor, our guest, Impatient Bull on Twitter. Give him a follow. Check out all his stuff. The, the, like, availability. You said it. They win these last two. Let's say hypothetically they get you know a lot of guys back. There's some guys that are never coming back. We know that, but you know, like Ryan Ramchek, Teron Armstead, they're not on IR. Right. You get some all pros back on the O line. You mentioned Deontay Harris, Hill, Simeon, whatever. You get enough guys back. If they look let's let's say they look good in these last two weeks and they win, you'd hate for them to start suddenly have a lot of players available, look great, and then not get in. Right? Because if they get in and you got you got players available, I, they're not going to the Super Bowl. I mean, as much as I as a fan as I think it would be incredible. I mean, come on, they're seven and eight. It's a crazy year. They don't have the talent for it. But they do have they do have enough and they do have the kind of culture, I think, in that locker room where they could ruin a team season. If you get if you were just to get one upset playoff win, dude, I would ride that I would ride that dopamine throughout the whole offseason. Like I really would. It would be great. I remember in 04, team was four and eight. And back then, you know, pre Payton Breeze, it's like you'd won one playoff game ever. You'd shown a lot of promise after the two thousand season, and then things just kinda, you know, too many too many ups and downs. At oh 4 you're 4-8. Four and, and you win the last four, and it's like, good Lord, they might actually get to the playoffs here. And they lose out on a three-way tiebreaker with the Vikings and Rams. They had beat the Rams, but they had lost to the Vikings. And, you know, every team had played, and the Saints just got the short end of the – I say the short end of the stick. It was like the fourth tiebreaker was used. And I just remember, like, man, like, I didn't think they were going to go to the Super Bowl, Chris, but they were playing their best ball. And they had won four in a row, and it was like, just to get in, especially back then, it was like – for the saints like man make something happen they can get into the playoffs at nine and eight and have an opportunity to you know ruin dallas or tampa bay or something like i would i would have signed up for that before the season i'd obviously sign up for that now what's going to hurt is if they they, they they have players available they win these last two but they just don't get in because you know another team's nine and eight and they lose out on the tiebreaker that's I think that would be if you're looking for maximum pain for a season that's been full of a lot of it for the Saints that would be the max pain right there.
7: So um, I, you brought quite the memory that if I if, if my personal memory serves me correct, that 04 season um, when when the Saints make that run, they it came down to um, a Rams Jets game.
1: Oh my okay. God! Yes, and yeah. Doug yeah. bleeping Bryant. Saints won the game.
7: Yeah, yeah. Doug Bryant, the former the former Saints kicker. Okay, had a chance to upset the Rams, and if they win that game, the Saints would have ended up getting into the playoffs. So I do. I'm, I I actually can not surprise you with my memory. Honestly.
1: No, that was good. Um, I, I was said that the, the, the yeah. Saints were watching it in the locker room, so they beat Carolina. Yeah. In a hard-fought game, right, the Panthers that season started out rough because of injuries, but then they had been winning a bunch of games. They'd been in the Super Bowl, you know, the year before, and it was a tough game. Saints win it, and they're all in the locker room, and here it is, Doug Bryan, who used to do, I'll, I'll tell you Doug Bryan's story in a minute, but he's sitting there, he's got a chance to win it for the Jets, beat the Rams, Saints are in, and he misses it, Rams win winning overtime, and... They just, and the Rams went and won a playoff game that year. And they weren't even that great. They beat right. Seattle on the road. It was like, ah, and, and the the Vikings, <laughs> the other team that got in at eight and eight, they, that was the, that is a disgusting act. That was the, the Moss moon games. It was like it, the wild card teams were winning that year. And the saints were sitting at home. Sorry. Sorry to bring up the yeah. bad memories, Chris. No. Now I'm rambling. No,
7: no, 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 no. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm with you though, man. I mean, uh, you know. I think most Saints fans didn't didn't go into this year with expectation, and you know, look, um, you know, you got different, you know, throughout the year, it, it just was so many different signs of how difficult the year would be. But you know, I I think that no matter what happens, that it's not like fans or you know observers will. Um, will be disappointed in the, in, in the efforts and, you know, the, just the ultimate um, just time that like, you know, when you, when you, when you look at this season and you look at the job that Sean Payton you know, has done and you look at, you know, what the coaching staff has done and you look at just like, like next man up isn't, isn't enough of a, you know, of a phrase or um, you know, almost a cliche to even to even use with this team because it's beyond that. And in every position, I mean, from you know, from quarterback to to running back to whatever left whatever is left at wide receiver. I mean, cornerback, offensive line, coach. I mean, they they won a game without Sean Payton. Um, linebacker, defensive. I mean, every any way someone can miss a game, whether it be through injury, whether they're out for the year, whether it's COVID-related or or it's or via suspension, the Saints have had to work their way through it. And let them even be in this situation or the space that they're in right now was remarkable to me. So, I mean that's what I take from it. I you know, I mean I can only imagine if you know when they are because you have an idea of what they can be when they're fully when they're fully healthy and they fill some of the you know, fill some of the holes in that they're supposed to. Um, there are some there's so many what ifs about if say Jameis Winston doesn't get hurt. Because, you know, I, I I mean and that, that part of, you know, it's probably a little a little painful considering. I and mean, it just feels like this year for so many teams is just up for grabs. Um, to where we've thought about so we've watched so many teams look as if okay, well maybe maybe that's your favorite to you know to end up in the Super Bowl to make a late season. Right? Okay, no, it's this team, it's that team, it's this team. Um, you know, there hasn't been much consistency you know, to really figure out who's that who's that team. Maybe now you know you know you, you you surely in the AFC you know look at a team like the Chiefs. You know, but at one point you know we started to look down the stretch. Maybe it was the Patriots. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not the case anymore. So I'm I mean, so yeah, I mean I'm I'm with you. If they end up winning out winning their last two and these guys start coming back, they start getting fully healthy, that's not they're not a team that anyone's going to want to play. But um, yeah, that would make it disappointing, especially if whoever does get in gets destroyed in a manner in which you know that the Saints won't wild card weekend. But hey man, I mean, control what you can control, you know, and we'll see what
1: happens. Chris Conner, our guest. Uh, Doug Bryan, you know, (laughs) back in the late 90s and in the 2000 season at the Saints games, he, God bless him, he did uh, some kind of charity where he would, you know, every kick he'd make, I don't remember what the charity was, but, you know, 2000 NFL, you still very much had the whole cliche of, all kickers and, you know, blah, 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 and this is a macho game, what are kickers doing? You know, make jokes in movies, that kind of thing. Now it's like... You know, Justin Tucker, good Lord. You know, I mean, who? I don't know. I mean, there, there. people still make kicker jokes here and there, but, like, back then, it was just like everyone did it. Anyway, so here you are, and, and they would always play this spot during Saints games in the Superdome where Doug would come on the screen and say, hi, I'm Doug Bryan, kicker for the New Orleans Saints. And he would start with, like, New Orleans, and you're like, oh, here we go. And he would talk about his charity, and at the very end of the spot, he'd say, and at the end of the season – Join me at the celebration station for a free party, and I'm like, why? Like, what are you doing, running this? Like, just I, he couldn't. You couldn't get someone else to voice it. It was. I I almost felt bad for the guy. I'm like, here he is talking about you know a charity and throwing a party for you know kids, and everyone's like, really? Just wait till he misses a kick. The opposing team's going to say, hey, Doug, join us for a free party. Anyway, that. That damn commercial came into my mind whenever he was on the Jets and missed that kick. I'll shut up about Doug Bryant. Let me talk to you about the Pelicans, Chris, after that uh, pointless story I just told you. You have been doing something awesome this year. The uh, the Pels, they've, <laughs> they've been interesting this year. Last night, I don't know how they won that game. I mean, that's just Willie Green, Herb Jones, a team playing without their top three perimeter scorers against a good Cleveland team and came back and won. You've been doing Twitter spaces after games, after most of the games. Antonio Daniels pops in on a lot of them. Um, It's it's good to hear the passion that a lot of people have for this franchise that often, at least from a national standpoint, kind of gets looked at as, oh, well, 30 out of 30 in terms of interest. But I know how much you know this franchise, how much you follow it. I know a lot of people that do as well. Did you ever think that when you started doing the Twitter spaces after games, that it would become what it's currently become and and who knows what it will evolve into, but what it is here today
7: hell no hell no i there, there was no there was no way i could I could fathom that um you know I didn't know that people would be um this not even i wouldn't even say interested because I know the interest was there um and I and I could tell that there was a void there and you know that there, that, that was a tool that, you know, we could use to connect with how active um people from that region, um, you know, just how active we are on Twitter. I mean, like that, you know, South Louisiana and New Orleans, I mean that's some of the funniest people that I, I've I've ever seen on social media. I I I'll stand by that. I'll down that hill as as A D would say. But yeah, man, I mean, it's just I think for me it's just the consistency, man, just the the familiar faces that I see pop up every time. The people that that take time out of that night, and I and I even asked after the Thunder game. I'm like, don't y'all have kids or a significant, like a significant other, or, you know, or something? It's like I like I understand me. I don't live with anybody. I'm not I'm not with I'm not currently like I don't currently have a girlfriend. I don't have a I don't have kids. But like this is easy for me to do. But like, what about y'all? And then a couple of them come up and say, yeah, you know, I'm not nah, my wife's right here. I'm, you know, it's just so it, it's crazy to me that. You know, from that perspective, and then I mean it's not even something that I've been doing all that it hasn't been that long of a time you know it's been thirty five games and there's been some change you know they didn't, they didn't back to like the preseason, so um it's it's continuing the game steam and attention and notoriety and people using words like you know or using uh, phrases like you know uh you know it's a it's a community builder, and you know I can see it you know people people really want to express themselves in, in manners that, you know, maybe they haven't been able to, or they don't they don't have the opportunity to, um, after games, post games, pre games, whatever the case is, you know, may be, you know, when you add people like Antonio Dames or Andy Thomas pops in last night yeah. and, you know, you know, these people are listening or actually listening to you and want to know your thoughts and answer your questions, um, you know, it just it really seems to have done something I, I you know, I I just I can't wait to see what it continues to turn into, man. But it's been it's been a blessing to, to to be a part of it and have my name attached to it.
1: It's the 2021, soon to be 2022 version of like post game call in show, but for the Pelicans. Like that's what it is, and it except, it, it you know, I would say more more listener feedback, more listener reaction, more participation. Um, you know, and, and the fact that AD popped in sort of early when you started doing it, Antonio Daniels, and then still does it, uh, that guy's great. But uh, I love what you're doing with it, and um, I pop in whenever I can. Now, I, I you know, my wife is never next to me, and my kids are never still awake. It's me <laughs> in the living room with the volume down so that I don't wake anyone up. But I dig it, man, and um, really dig what you're doing. And uh, y'all go follow Chris on Twitter at impatient bull you can uh, check out his stuff over at the dot com, canal street com. the sb nation articles covering the pels and Saints. he writes for them and uh, just does a lot of great stuff so i'll close with this chris where are you at It's a very general question but where are you at with the state of the pelicans and sort of their outlook this season and, and under willie green
7: i mean they love this damn coach scott i mean i i like look when they got down by 20 plus points in the first quarter it was like you understood right you know you're missing you're you're missing Josh Hart you're missing Brandon Ingram Zion like Joe Miles Myers isn't calling the game yeah you know Nikhil was I'm out to yeah. Up, I mean, yeah i mean everybody's out everybody that can you know they can make an impact in the game and that's not to say that you know Cleveland wasn't missing individuals but they have made it work all year you know you know what i'm saying the Rollins is just clearly the more hampered team coming in um but yeah, I mean, they're down twenty plus points early in a situation where they could have folded. It's a bunch of players. Uh, I mean, similar to what we just talked about with the Saints, that you know, that that some weren't playing basketball, others were in the G League, you know, uh, you know, their last game or their couple games before. And they come out there and they fight and they act as if you would think that, that a lot of those players, Gary Clark and Jared Harper, you know, and company, you would you know they play as if they've been around this franchise and they've been, you know, around Willie green and they've seen what this team has done because they all did their role and played a, and, and and played an impact and then coming back and winning that game. So, I mean, you know, I mean, what I come through with, man, is just, is just, these guys really, they really love their coach. They're inspired by their coach. They believe in, in their coach. Cause, cause I mean, I don't, I can't foresee a situation, you know, of, you know past where a past Pelicans coach is able to, under this circumstance, is able to get a win like uh, last night was. I mean, it's just you know it's incredible, and you got standout performances by certain players. You know Herb Jones and you know you got to get the front office some love for that, and Jonas Valanciunas and you know Devontae Graham. I mean, just everything about which you, you know, yesterday was like. It was feeding into our our trauma that you know that we that we have with this franchise, I and mean, it happens early. Devontae Graham gets hurt, and you're like, "Oh, here we go again." You know, it looks like you know, and, and, and it's a knee injury. But instead of him being out for the game, or you know, um, you know, being out for longer than just than just uh, last night's uh, contest, he comes back and plays um, really good basketball down in the stretch for the team. So you have that happen. Uh, in a game in which they could have lost by thirty or forty or they could have you know end up coming back similar to the thunder game and then losing, and run out of steam late. They do the opposite. They don't give up. They end up coming back and they end up winning. In New Orleans, where the crowd is able to go nuts, um can't say enough about how this team continues to fight. And I mean I I'm all I'm all in with them and I think, you know, as guys continue to come back, it's clear that they're not going to give up on their coach. They've gonna battle and that's going to have them having a real opportunity, with Zion or not, to be a playing team. And I did not think that I would be able to say that. I, you just can't count them out anymore.
1: Chris Conner, good stuff. Give him a follow. Check out what he does on Twitter after the game in Twitter spaces. And, um, man, I appreciate the time. You know, Valanchunas, you mentioned him. His look, right, the beard, the hair, it's like, the the blend of like rugged yet handsome, kind of like his game, right? Kind of like his game on the court. Like he's a bruiser, and yet there are times where it's like, man, that's just, I mean, I, I can't lie. I just have, you know, I'm that's being a bar. objective.
7: That's a just... That's a bar. If you ever want to be a rapper, Scott, I got I know a few people. That's a bar. I like that.
1: All right. No, you can <laughs> have it. Uh, I'm not, uh, even though, you know, I'm a wannabe <laughs> Beastie Boy member. Of course, that's a different generation of, of rap and rock for sure. Uh, Chris, man, I appreciate the time as always, man. Happy New Year, and uh, let's let's chat again in 2022, brother. Anytime, man. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Happy New Year, brother. That's uh, Chris Connor. Give him a follow on Twitter, Impatient Bull. We'll come back. Here are some of the best John Madden audio from his time in the booth. This is the great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving 100 bucks in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up, because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by full terms and conditions. The,
4: the best interviews. The best analysis. The best in sports talk. The best, ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette. Thy- the best ticket in sports.
7: Wow, 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 wow.
5: We Go again, give you more, not the messer Back on the mic is the anti-depressor Hell rock, no pressure, yes, we need this The best is here to come in, yes, believe this Let go
2: of my echo, while I flex my EO Sip on
0: Prosecco, chest up, succeed I'll sip a coffee plain
2: that's what we're all here with John Matt. What a way to start a Super Bowl. That's what Cincinnati wants to do. All year you could see this match coming like a collision course. Boom! Right to the ground. The right goes to the left. This guy crosses here. He crosses here. They have no idea where we are, who we are, where we're coming from, or who we're throwing to. Very interesting. And boom! The ball's there right again between the 8 and the 9. You see that hole right there? He sees it and knows that he can get all the way to the goal line with it. Look at the things they're trying to do. Boom, they're going deep up, making big plays. (laughs) Oh, is he happy.
1: Welcome back into the great Scott Show. Big thanks to Chris Conner for coming on. The great John Madden passed away yesterday morning at the age of 85. Legend doesn't even do it justice. He, um, there's no comp. There's no one like him. Whether you're eight, whether you're 100 years old, if you follow sports at all, you know John Madden is. To the youngest generation, it's the video game. To the to the, you know, Generation X and early Millennials, it's the broadcast booth. To most Millennials and the Gen Zs, it's the video game. To the Boomers, it's the coaching. Three different aspects of the biggest sport in America. And that guy is at the forefront of all of them. Legend, legend, John Madden in the booth, nothing like it, some of his more memorable moments on the mic, this is ESPN Lafayette, the great Scott show, I'm Scott Prather, here's more from the late great John Madden.
0: Here's Joe Morris in motion, sends
3: straight back, got a man, Bobby Johnson, is knocked down at
2: the last second, somebody threw a shoe a pigeon on the field. How did he get in there? Well, he wanted to, to get down there. He couldn't get a seat. He tried to get up above, and there was no place. The only place there was only that he could land was right there. He was in the middle of the action. I, I thought the it. shoe came off. I'll tell you, there's the throw. Johnson really has a beat, and there's the pigeon was right there where Johnson was running. <laughs> I think there were two pigeons there. Johnson's trying to run a post pattern, and they're still there. That's a, you know, the old thing, you can run down run down to the pitch
0: and turn left.
3: Goodyear blimp log over a hundred thousand miles every year covering major sporting events. They've had a beautiful day today. Enjoying it up there, guys
2: now they're inside now but inside isn't in the middle or on top that's underneath i think isn't it yes it is i mean if you look at that thing yeah i never figured i i couldn't see they're down in here in this group here i think they are i hope they are. i don't know they are. why they didn't get up above or something i don't know why they're underneath Notice noticed uh, pat troy eggman's trying to grow a beard and he just can't do it i mean you know the blonde haired guys a lot of them have trouble but i can't even i'm looking as close as i can and I can't see any beard, but he's been, that's a four-day beard, isn't it? It's a passive attempt. No, it's very, very <laughs> passive. Here's Terry Allen. Out to about the 20. There it is. See, now, here it is, but see, I mean, I mean he got a little in here. Here and a little up there here but he doesn't have anything here at all watch when you take it off he doesn't have anything going up in there think you gotta give him time. time he
3: just had his 29th birthday
2: i know but i don't think he's doing a very good i'd quit i mean you know i mean like like if you've been working out for for like four days and that's all you get and the going gets tough if it's that tough just quit <laughs> well you can't just quit yes you can <laughs> that's, that's, that's what i was saying when the going gets tough quit huh? Never lose. And that's the I told you saying. And I,
3: have
2: a, incomplete from Schuler to Allen.
0: And Thanksgiving. <laughs> I just wonder where those turkeys are going to be for Thanksgiving. I have a feeling. I know. Kevin Barlow. Well, John, for years at CBS and Fox, it, it became a tradition—the turkey leg and all of that—and and you brought to. The the uh, knowledge of America, the turducken, and so our friends at the Four Seasons cooked you a turducken. Oh, there it is. That is. I think it's a turducken. It is a turducken,
2: but I got to show you how to. up I, I I can't say. I need fresh turducken. I'm going to have crazy turducken. But anyway, anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know. You have to slice it down the middle. See, and then you slice it across this way, because what it is, it's a it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down
0: that way, you go turkey, dressing, duck, dressing, chicken. You know, one of the great things about your coming over here is I'm able to ask you all of these questions. Because for a lot of years, I thought a turducken was some sort of a a foul crossbreed. But it's no. not. Well, it's I just mean, three I mean, different it's, things. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's really five different things. It's a it's a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds of dressings.
0: And are you going to have one on, on your Thanksgiving table? Yeah, yeah. Is I'm this... going to
2: have one. I have to bring it though. But you know, you know, because it, oh, here's here a it fi- here's, here's a here's a picture of one. in yeah.
0: picture. <laughs> That's the here's that is what,
2: it. And you see, you cut it like right down here. <laughs> see, and then this is what it looks like inside. <laughs> See, so you got turkey and then duck, and then dressing, and then chicken. Oh,
0: and then then you just have to do it that way, or now, if any of that makes sense. It, it, now, can I get some hoisin sauce with that? <laughs> That's unbelievable. You know, you know, the the first time I ever had one of these, I I I ate it with my fingers, and then. I had to shake hands, and I didn't know whether to it... <laughs> stay away from me. <laughs> Second and seven, that pass is incomplete.
1: Rest in peace, John. This is the great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Norman Locke will be in the house. Dan Patrick is next.